This is Unstructured. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Unstructured. And today it's really cool. I have a guest that I found through researching another guest. I have an upcoming interview with a, a very famous podcaster, Jordan Harbinger. And in order to get prepared for that, I went to listen to there's dozens of interviews with Jordan Harbinger, literally dozens. I, I think there may even be a couple hundred interviews with Jordan Harbinger. He, he gets around the circuit. It's amazing. But one of the interviews I came across, it was a very recent one. It was on a show. Can I pick your brain with our guest today, Daniel Geffen. And what I liked about it was Jordan has his talking points. And he has them in show after show after show after show. And on this episode, Daniel, you did a great job of, you were almost challenging him and baiting him a little bit. And it was funny because I, I, at first I thought it was kind of awkward, but as I listened, it turned into the, one of the best interviews I'd ever heard from Jordan Harbinger. And I was wondering, what is your um, methodology and your style in interviewing? My methodology is madness. In one <laughs> okay. word. Complete chaotic, absolute madness. It's, it's going against what everybody else thinks is the right way to do it. I do it the other way. Right? When I was in high school, you know, the teacher said, up, I said, down. She said black, I said white. That's just that that's just me, right? Because I don't want to be put in a cage and I don't want to be put in a box. And I don't want to be told this is how it has to be. I'm very much a believer that the world is not black and white. Okay? It's made up of many shapes and sizes and colors, and we're free to express ourselves in the way that we want to express ourselves. And let me tell you something which which is interesting is growing up I was bullied. I was emotionally uh, abused as a, as a kid because my teachers would call me shut up Geffen. They would say, shut up Geffen, shut up Geffen. <laughs> and so all the students in the class, they gave me a new name. Instead of Daniel Geffen, it became shut up Geffen. Okay. <laughs> now I make money from talking, right? This is how I, this is how I earn my living is, is through selling on the phone and through communicating. And I won over my wife 11 years ago, this beautiful girl from California, not from my face, but through my mouth because I talked her into marrying me, right? And, and what I found was that my mouth was able to, my, my, you know, I guess my ability to speak was, was a gift that I had. But everybody told me that it was a curse, right? Everybody would tell me, oh, you know, you talk too much. And so when someone says, you know, how come your, your interview style is so different? I say, because I don't want to be like everybody else. Hey, what's your favorite book? Hey, what's your favorite shoe size? Hey, you know, who's your favorite? Like, boring. Like, everybody says it's the same thing. So I like to yeah, do things. That. Yeah. I've heard that in a couple of interviews. And um, a lot of it is you have a good humor about you. And I think you are able to express it coming across because do you read your guests to determine how much you can push at them or not push at them in order to get the feedback and get the uh, better quotes? That's really interesting. I like the, I like the way you phrase that. Um, I do, I do test the waters. And in fact, you know, I have four children and I notice with my kids, they do the same thing with me and my wife. They like push the boundaries. And we all did this as kids. We all, we all try to test the boundaries. How far can I go? Right. Mm -hmm. That's what we did. And for some reason, as adults, we, we, we stopped, right. As we grew up, we stopped testing the boundaries. We got scared to go a little bit further, a little bit further. Um, and what I found is that if you go a little bit further, that's where that's where the the the, the um, success is. That little bit further. That's where it is. Uh, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a story. So, uh, when I started my first company, um, I it was a call center, and I needed to get clients. And we didn't have social media, and we didn't have. Um, I don't. I don't even think we had. Um, uh, AdWords back then. So it was good old fashioned cold calling. And so I had a list of, of potential 
clients and I would call the numbers on the list. And when I got through to someone, if they didn't tell me to drown myself in a lake, then I would call them <laughs> back. Right? Unless they told me, Daniel, get lost. I'm not interested. I would call them back every single day. Anyway, so there was this one guy, Gary, who I called seven days in a row. Um, and on the seventh day, he picks up the phone and he goes, Daniel, enough. You know, like, <laughs> he goes crazy at me. And for 20 minutes, Gary starts lecturing me about how, you know, there's a fine line between persistence and harassment and you're borderline and you got to stop. And if, you know, if I told you I'm thinking about it, you know, you got to give it a couple of weeks, you know, da, da, and he went on and on and on. <laughs> And I'm sitting there thinking in my head, all right, let me just get to the next person already. Like, leave me alone. But then the funny thing is, is he says, anyway, send me the contract. I'll sign up. Uh, thank you very much and have a great day. And I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, the guy lectures me for 20 minutes about, you know, harassment. And, this. and then he goes and signs up to my to my company. So I send him the I fax him over the, 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 the forms. He signs it, sends it back. Wonderful. Now, that's not the end of the story. An hour later, my phone rings and it's Gary again. And now I'm thinking, oh God, he's going to give me another lecture and then he's going to count. I bet you he's going to cancel. That's what he's going to do, right? I pick up the phone. He goes, hey, it's Gary again. By the way, I've been thinking about things. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a venture capitalist. Recently sold my company for 300 million pounds. This is in the UK. Wow. And I really like you. I think you're highly investable. I like your tenacity and your persistence. I'd like to come and meet with you and talk about potentially uh, buying into your company, buying into your business. <laughs> I'm literally on the floor at this point. I'm like, what just happened? This guy just went crazy on me about being too pushy, too pushy, too pushy. And now not only is he a client, but now he wants to be an investor in the business because of my persistence. Now, it turns out that I turned him down because he wanted a huge chunk of the business. But the moral of the story, and this has been proven time and again in my journey, and in many people, I've interviewed over 130 people now, all very successful entrepreneurs, and it's always the same thing, is that they kept pushing, they kept going further, they kept trying, they put their foot one more step, one more. You go to the gym, the guy who's the most built is the guy who's doing one more rep, one more rep, one more rep. And the people that, that you want to be average, just just stay where you are. Just be comfortable. Just stay in your comfort zone. You'll be average. It's fine. But if that you want to, you know, if you want to be successful, you got it. You got to push. So, so I push the boundaries. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, that's fantastic, and it comes across. And you brought that up too. Um, you interview a lot of entrepreneurs. How do you go about booking and finding these? The same thing. It's I don't give up. I, I will I will reach out to whoever. And again, I also don't believe that any human being is a god. There's only one god. Okay, whether you believe in a god or not, yeah, either there is a god and and it's one god, or you don't believe in God and therefore there's no gods. But either way, there's no human being on this planet that's God. Not Tony Robbins, not Oprah Winfrey, not Donald Trump, not no one's a god. They're all human. They all sit on the toilet just like you and me. They're all going to be buried at the end of the life and they're all, they all go to sleep at night, right? <laughs> they all, <laughs> they all have their things. So when I email someone or I reach out to somebody, I just see them as another human being. I don't idolize them. And, and, you know, one of the things that I wrote in my book, uh, The Self-Help Addict, is, you know, I used to idolize people. I used to look up to people like Tony Robbins and think that he was a god. Now, I love Tony. I think he's amazing. I think what he does is incredible. But he's not a god. He's a human being. He, he got to where he is today because he pushed himself and pushed himself and kept testing the limits. And, and if you look at any major influencers, the way that they've done it is because they weren't afraid to, to go forward, to push, to, to, to get out of the comfort zone. Getting great guests is all about just getting a little bit more uncomfortable than the other person. That makes sense. And that kind of um, brings me to that great interview, the more recent one with Jordan Harbinger. And I believe you guys went into it a little bit about how we tend to idolize and go, wow, I, I want to be like Tim Ferriss. 
Tim Ferriss is so great. He is so yeah. up there. He has so much going on. And I'm lonely, you know, lowly me over here in my office. And yeah. we're we're ignoring the uh, 15, 20 years of effort and work and everything else. And we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to Tim Ferriss now. We should be comparing ourselves to Tim Ferriss where the, he was back at his stage of the career, mm-hmm. which is a completely different thing. And we get blinded by that. And I, I thought that that was very profound. That, that was new material that you were digging out of Jordan that I thought was fantastic. Yeah. And I would go even a step further which is even Tim Ferriss 15 years ago or Gary Vaynerchuk 10 years ago, whatever, you're, you're different people. It's That's it. You're you. There's no one else like you. You've got your skills. They've got their skills. You've got your opportunities. They've got their opportunities. This whole comparison game is so deadly. Every time we look at someone else and say, oh, they're this much ahead of me. Oh, they've got this much money. Oh, they've got this thing. I've got this. I've only got 200,000 downloads on my podcast, but he's got a million downloads. So, like, cut it out. Like, I, and I'm, when I say cut it out, I'm talking to myself. Sure. Daniel, cut it out. Like, everybody, let everybody do what they do. Let them do them. You do you. That's it. Right. right. Um, one of my things is I'm a runner. And I kind of use that as an analogy toward life because the fact is that I will go and run marathons and be in a race. Well, guess what? Only one person wins that race. But my goal is, did I finish that race? I ran the same path they did. I accomplished the same task. Did I beat myself? Because that's really what it's about is, did I gain from this? Did I get do any better than I did last time? How did I do for myself? What did I achieve? And I, I love that. And I also love um, the Peloton as kind of a metaphor for life, that we are all going on the same path together. Some people are going to win different stages, like the Tour de France, things like that. But we team up with each other and we draft off of one another. So even though it's competitive, we still can work together. We can draft off each other. And ultimately, we're all completing the same course. Well, that's why I think the school system is completely broken, you know, because, again, going back to school, it was always comparing me to people who had a higher IQ, people who had a better memory than me, you know, people who cared about mathematics when I don't, I don't care about mathematics. Why are you grading me on things I don't like? Why are you grading me on things I'm not necessarily good at? And why are you grading me? In comparison to someone else, I, 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 you know, that to me, that's broken. Uh, and, and that's why we grow up constantly trying to compare ourselves because that's what we were brought up to believe. We're brought up to believe that you are only as good as the next person in your class. And if your, if your IQ isn't as good as theirs, if they've got a better memory than you, then you're a loser. And I think that's completely broken. It's terrible. Oh, I agree. I agree. Now, speaking of that path, um, you were born in England. Yeah. You somehow wound up in the States to meet your wife. (laughs) Yeah. And from what I understand, you got laid off um, right about the financial crash of 2008, 2009. I thought you said laid. uh, You got laid and then you said off. And I'm like, okay, good. Well, you do have a uh, fifth kid coming, <laughs> technically, but that wasn't where I was going. <laughs> there was a slight pause between laid and off. You went to America and you <laughs> so I just thought I was, I was like, where's he going with this? Yeah. Anyway. I got laid um, off. Yeah. Okay. And um, <laughs> life wasn't great with the in-laws, so you went back and worked for your oh, father. Definitely. Oh, hold on, hold on. Be careful. My mother-in-law might be listening to this, so let's, <laughs> let's ease off with the, with the, uh, the in-laws. are amazing. They're amazing. They're wonderful. But, well, you uh, didn't want to make them endure yourself. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. I was broke. I was broke as a joke. I was playing PlayStation because I was depressed. My wife got mad at me, and I walked out on her and my son. Oh, wow. And we were, and we were living with my in-laws because I couldn't afford to pay the rent. So there's the real story. The real story is that I moved to LA um, because I chased my wife um, and I basically um, 
yeah, I wouldn't leave LA until I got engaged to her. Um, and uh, essentially, she we, we got married and we started out on a, I managed to get a six figure salary job. Uh, it was the heyday at the time in California. It was mortgages were, were on the up. It was, this was in 2007, just before the crash. Mm-hmm. So everything was going well. So the first year we were living it up. I was, you know, living in a Spanish townhouse. We gave birth to our first child. It was rosy, you know, the, it was the whole like Hollywood scene. I was, you know, in an office on the 17th floor on Wilshire Boulevard, overlooking the Hollywood sign, driving a brand new car. It was beautiful. And then 2008 came along and literally, boom. Nothing. You couldn't give a mortgage away for free. That's how bad it was. And uh, I got laid off. Essentially, nothing. Uh, no money was coming in. Uh, I couldn't pay the rent for three months. Uh, big Olga, this big Russian lady, came knocking on our door one day. And, you know, I opened the door and this towering six foot five Russian landlady says, Mr. Wow. Geffen. Yeah, she was pretty tall and big. Although, to be honest with you, it, she probably wasn't six foot five. I'm exaggerating, but the fact that she was quite big, uh, uh, <laughs> and, and she had this power over me that, that you know that she kicked me out of my 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 place with my wife and child, and I felt helpless. I felt right. totally, totally helpless, and we had nowhere else to go, so we moved in with my in-laws. And I tried to get a new job. I tried to get a job, but there was no like you couldn't get anything then. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody was giving any, any jobs in 2008. So, and I tried different sales positions and, and nothing worked out. They all failed. And so I found myself one day sitting there playing on the PlayStation and my wife just kind of came, came home and she just went nuts on me. Like, what are you doing playing on PlayStation? Like, go get a job. And I'm just like, I just went nuts, you know? And, uh, and I got up and I walked out and I went and I, I stayed by a friend for a week and my wife didn't know where I was. My in-laws didn't know where I was. Oh, wow. And of course, they basically told my wife that, yeah, this guy's no good. You need to leave him. Um, and thankfully, you know, my friend knocked some sense into me and said, dude, you, you're going to lose your wife and child. You better go, you better go back and, and, you know, you know, beg her to come, to, to, to come back with you. So I went and I basically got on my hands and knees and <laughs> groveled and, <laughs> begged and pleaded and she eventually agreed to to give me another chance and we went moved to london i got a job with my father uh who runs a grocery store a little grocery store in london um serving milk and eggs and cheese and all the cereals and all that stuff Uh, i wanted to shoot myself in the head that's how boring it was i hated Mm -hmm. it every single minute um, and eventually after a year, I, I gave up and I, and well, I, I said, enough is enough. I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy here. Um, and, and thankfully my wife was very supportive and she said, listen, I believe in you start your own business. You have it in you, you know, you're an entrepreneur, although she didn't say the word entrepreneur cause about you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't the cool thing, entrepreneur, mm. but, um, that was it. That's when I started my first company. Now that was Jet Office. That was Jet Virtual, uh, which oh, became virtual. Jet Virtual, Jet Virtual Offices. Yeah, it was a virtual office business. It was a call center. Um, it, so yeah. would that be would that be like, um, let's say I I run a uh, handyman business and I'm always out on the road. I yes. hire your company to be a receptionist for me and to take messages, right. et cetera, that would get to me. Is it that kind of business? Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. cool. There's always a market for that. Yeah, no, it was it was it was it was good. It was a good market, um, good time as well. Because when the economy is bad, there's always a way to make money. You just have to know how. Um, mm-hmm. some, for some people, it's the best market because people want to save money, and when people want to save money, there's always a service out there that can help people save money. And that was a service that was helping people save money. Right. That makes so much sense to kind of tuck yourself in and being a low cost way to provide other services, unfortunately, which means that other people could be getting laid off, but right. sort of you know, your, your path in. But I'm hiring, but I might be hiring them to work for me. So, yeah, sure. Sure. I, I mean, it's not a judgment. It's just reality. Right. I know. But, um, okay. So now from what I understand, you did that for a while. Yeah. Then, you almost outgrew it or you just weren't 
able to deal with it day to day. So you sold it to a competitor? No, I didn't sell it. I outsourced it to a competitor. Um, basically, what I found out very quickly was I'm not very good with managing people. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have my strengths and I have my mm-hmm. weaknesses. One of my weaknesses is is managing, hiring, firing, organizing the day to day sort of the day to day stuff. Right. Chasing, chasing invoices. I mean, I would I would hound if someone didn't pay an invoice, and it could be like you know a hundred bucks. I'd be hounding them, like hounding them. And of course, I'd be saying to myself, "But Daniel, it's a hundred freaking bucks. Let the guy go." Like he's run off. He's not going to pay you. Why are you calling him every like, leave it, leave it. Just go. No, no, this is principle. Okay. He He needs to pay. Right. And so I I started to realize very quickly, like I need to get the heck out. I need to detach myself from that part of the business because I was getting too emotionally involved. And I'll give you another example. I hired uh, one of my staff was in her sixties. Okay. Now Mm -hmm. I was about 24 at the time. Okay, so I'm this young 24 whippersnapper, and there's this mid-60s lady who's working for me, and she's on the phone with a client. And she obviously had a rough day at home or something. She, she came in. She wasn't in a great mood. And the mm-hmm. client must have said something or whatever, and she got impatient with the client. But the thing is, this is my baby. I mean, my right. business is my baby. My clients are my, my, they're my, ba- it's my baby, right? So you don't mess with my baby. So I got really emotional. And when she got off the phone, I started yelling at her. You know, mm. I don't like the way you spoke to the client. This is unacceptable, blah, 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 right? And of course, you know, I, I didn't know what I, what I was doing. Uh, and she starts crying. Mm. And, and she literally bursts out into tears. And I just was like, oh my God. God, I can't believe I just made a, a, a grandma cry. Like, what the heck is wrong with me? Mm. And it's like things like that. When I realized I can't, this is not for me. I, I need someone else to do this. So I hired someone to basically run that side of the business. Okay. Right? Her, name, her name was Stacy. And I'm like, Stacy, I can't deal with this stuff. You take care of this. You just clients you deal with the clients you deal with the staff you hire them you fire them i don't like firing people it's too like i get into small talk and then i'm like anyway so and i just don't know how to do it and i was like daniel just say you're fired and <laughs> i can't do it right <laughs> you do it <laughs> so stacy would would fire people um stacy would chase invoices right because again i don't want to be chasing the invoices so um and I don't even want to know if an invoice isn't paid because I don't want to even get emotionally because uh, yeah. then my creativity goes out the window. And my my key skill is creativity. I'm able to to be creative and to think of new ways to um, expand the business and you know do strategic partnerships. That, that's my strength, right? Um, closing deals, bringing new deals to the table, right? Strategic alliances, ideas to grow the company. That's where my strengths lie. Um so I hire this this woman, Stacy, and everything is going amazing, right? And it's been about, she's with us for about, for about a year, uh, a year and a half. One day I get a call and it's Stacy. And she says to me, Daniel, I don't know how to tell you this. I'm really sorry. I can't come into work. And I'm like, oh, you mean for like a couple of weeks? You you're taking a vacation. I totally understand. No, no, no. You've been under a lot of pressure. It's fine. No. She's like, no, um, Daniel, I, I was suicidal. I almost took my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Oh my God. What, what do you mean? Is everything okay? She's like, yeah, no, everything's fine. I've, I've seen a psychiatrist. Everything's okay. I'm on medication now, but I'm not, I'm not able to come back to work. Um, I'm really sorry to do this to you. And, uh, I hope, you know, I'm sorry. And I'm literally like at this point, I'm just like, oh my goodness, what what am I going to, I can't, I can't manage this business without her. This is, this is all like, she runs it. I don't know how to run it anymore. Right. And, and then I get a call the same day from our landlord. Um, we were renting the office from, and he's like, Hey, I'm sorry to do this to you, but we're actually selling the building. So you've got two weeks to, to move. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, he, yeah, tell me about it, right? He wasn't Russian though. But I mean, I'm like, what? I've got all this stuff. I've got 
my head researcher just completely just left. Now I've got to get all this equipment. We're answering calls for hundreds of people, hundreds of clients, hundreds of companies. We're answering calls for hundreds of companies. How are we going to move in two weeks? Where am I going to find some? How am I going to replace Stacy? What am I? Like literally my mind's going crazy and I'm hyperventilating. And I ran home and I sit on my bed in my bedroom like a little boy and I just, screw it. I can't do this. I just, I gave up. I'm just like, no, I can't do this. This is too much, too much. And I call out my business mentor. His name was Gavin. And I literally just unloaded on him, you know, just unloaded 20 minutes, just like, I can't do this. I put my blood, sweat and tears into this business. And then this happens. And then this happens. I just, ah, I can't. And at the end, Gavin's like, have you finished? And I said, uh, yes. He's like, okay, shut up. I don't want to hear from you anymore. Get off your sorry, self-pitiful backside and go do something about it. I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, you heard me. I said, you're not getting sympathy from me. Get off your self-pitiful backside and go and do something about it. And he hangs up the phone. And I'm like, geez, wow. (laughs) Talk about a slap in the face, right? So something in me kind of like boiled up. I was like, he's right. He's right. I'm here sitting there moping and feeling sorry for myself and feeling bad. No, get up and do something about it. And I got up, I went outside, I went for a walk and I started to think, okay, how can I, how can I solve this issue? That's what I'm good at. I'm creative. That's a gift I have. I'm able to think outside the box. I'm able to think differently. (laughs) And that's when the idea came. I said, one second, why don't I just outsource the, 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 the business to a competitor? Meaning all the deliverables, the client, uh, the customer service, the, 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 the answering the calls, the chasing the invoices, all this stuff, outsource it. And I'll have the brand. I'll get the clients in the door. I'll still own the clients, meaning I'll still have control over the clients because it will be under my name, Jet Virtual, or keep the name. But we'll outsource it to someone and we'll pay them X amount per call. And we upsell it. We we basically mark mark it up. Finished. And that's what I did seven years ago. And today it still runs beautifully. And clients are still, hundreds of clients still stayed with us. And I basically semi-retired uh, at 31 because I had nothing to do. Because I basically uh, I made myself redundant ultimately because the business right. kept running. Um, and then that's when I got into podcasting because I got bored. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, what, what took you to Israel? Israel. So Israel, we were in England for five years and I was driving around. It was one of those gloomy days, which is basically every day in England. Sorry for you guys living in England, but it's cloudy. It's foggy. It's rainy. It's depressing. And I'm driving around and I'm thinking to myself, what the heck am I doing here? I mean, I could run my business anywhere I want. The business is virtual. Why? So why am I here? So I drove home. I'm like, hi, honey. And she's like, hi. I'm like, let's move to Israel. She's like, what? <laughs> so I was like, let's move to Israel. She's like, um, okay, can we talk about it? I'm like, sure. Uh, it's sunny. We're Jewish. Your grandparents live there. She's like, right but the kids are in a good school i'm like i know but there's schools in israel too and she's like you're right okay let's go and do a pilot trip let's test it out so we got uh someone to look after the kids we had three at the time and uh, we went to israel for a week just to do like a little tour to check it out and we both fell in love with it and that was it we came back bought tickets took our kids out of school and uh and we're here now and it's been amazing. I had a question about that. Um, you're Orthodox, correct? I'm not only am I Orthodox, I used to be a rabbi. <laughs> oh, well, okay, there you go. <laughs> I was wondering if um, the Sabbat, or uh, I don't know if that's how you say it, Shabbat. if that is, is if that's helpful to you as a creative to shut everything down and you know technology, etc., every week for a day. So, yeah, great question. So for those that don't know what Shabbat is, um, as an Orthodox Jew, we do not uh, switch on electricity. We don't touch electricity or have anything to do with any electronical devices uh, for 25 hours 
from Friday evening until Saturday evening. So from sunset Friday uh, until sunset Saturday, everything switched off. No cell phones, no TV, no laptops, um, no car. We stay at home. We go to synagogue. We eat. We spend time with family. And it is incredible. I can't even begin to describe how amazing it is. Because, you know, think about it. When you're glued to your phone and your laptop and your iPad all like every single day, you know, and then suddenly Friday afternoon comes and the sun sets and suddenly everything switches off. What do you do? You spend time with your family. You get to know them. You actually get to know your kids. You get to know your wife a bit. And it's the most amazing, precious thing. And my kids love Shabbat because they know that daddy can't touch his phone. <laughs> Mommy can't touch her phone, right? There's there's nothing, right? And you would think the kids would go crazy because, wow, they've got no iPad. and they've got, No, they love it because now we get to actually play games together instead of the family sitting there and everyone's watching their own screen, which is absurd. But hello, welcome to 2018. You know, it's, okay. yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, that's something I've wondered about because it's been recommended so often to different people that, you know, take a break, take an electronic break, take a phone break, things like that. And I'm thinking your lifestyle has a weekly break built in. It's built in. Yeah, there's a lot of things built into Judaism. Um, I'm going to throw something at you that's probably going to sound crazy. Um, I cannot touch my wife when she is having a period. So during her whole period, um, and then we need to wait a week after that. So for two weeks of the month, there is no sexual intercourse and um, there's no touching. Hmm. And then what what happens is, is that on the night that she's able, that she's what we call clean, meaning she's gone to the mikvah, which is a ritual bathing, um, we're then able to touch and we're able to have sexual intercourse. And it is the most incredible thing. Most incredible thing. Why? Um, when you've been married for 11 years, like I have, and if you, if you have your, if you are able to be with your wife all the time, mm-hmm. it's like eating your favorite food all the time. You get sick of it. Right. right. You just get, it just becomes, when you can't have something for two weeks, when you just mm-hmm. cannot have it for two weeks of the month, when you can, it's like renewing your, your marriage every month. It's like renewing your marriage. It's amazing. And imagine when you can't touch your wife, guess what happens? You end up having to speak to each other. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You actually have to sit there in the bed and talk because you can't, you can't do anything else, right? And so right. the intimacy is you, you – build on the intimacy you you have a deeper relationship because it's not just based on touch it's not just based on physical anymore it's based on 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 getting to know the person in a deeper way that's that's very profound and i didn't even think about that to establish a longing after a fashion that then can be fulfilled on a cyclical basis well, we have um, fast days for that reason as well. When you fast, we we're actually having a fast next, uh, this Sunday's coming up. It's a 24 hour fast. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to eat for 24 hours or drink. Now, let me tell you, uh, um, have you ever fasted before? I have. Um, I grew up, uh, not Jewish in a worldwide church of God, which is kind of a, a weird offshoot, mm-hmm. similar to Seventh day Adventist and that kind of thing. So they, um, we fasted and there was like the tabernacle. I, I forget the different holidays. How, how long was the fast for a day? Like a, yeah, about a day. Yeah. How did it feel when you were able to eat again? That first bite, when you ate that first bite, I mean, it's just. Sure. It's fantastic. It's, it's incredible. Right. And we, the thing is, is when you have something all the time, we take it for granted. It's like, sure, I can eat. Sure. I, can eat I can eat. When you fast, all you think about is, wow, like, food it's it's amazing how like we we don't think about it but it's like wow i can eat you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like it's such a pleasurable thing and you don't think about it because it's just always there it's always there 
It's actually something that I love to do, by the way, um, Eric, is, you know, I love watching old age movies because when I watch these movies and, you know, when they're like lighting a fire or they have to go out into the woods to take a, you know, dump, like <laughs> there's no toilet in their house. Like imagine it, right. it's, you know, at two in the morning when you wake up and you just like roll yourself out of bed and you schlep yourself on the, into the toilet and you take a pee and you go back to your comfortable bed and it's all very nice and cozy and warm. Sure. Okay. Well, not that long ago, you had to get dressed. You had to go outside into the freezing cold in the middle of the winter right. and go into the toilet. You know what I'm saying? Like we take those things for granted. Just right? go camping. You can re-experience uh, it. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I prefer to just watch the movie and I could feel it. You know, like, well, like the prison movies. You know the prison movies. I'm obsessed <laughs> with prison movies because afterwards I feel so free. I'm like, wow, I can go to, I can go to like a restaurant. I can eat whatever I want, or I can cook myself something, or I can go for a walk, or I can go and see someone. It's like. This person's sitting in a cell. He can't see the light of day, can't eat what he wants, can't go to the toilet when out when he wants, can't everything's mm-hmm. it's amazing. I had a kind of similar experience with basic training. When we were moved around in the troop carriers, things like that, we longingly looked at McDonald's as it went by <laughs> on the horizon. We wanted to we couldn't have any candy. So we would all buy cough drops because they couldn't keep that away from us. So we're eating <laughs> cough drops as candy because you're deprived of this stuff. So I, I totally can relate with what you're saying. And I've been there. I don't plan to do it again. <laughs> um, but no, um, one thing I noticed is uh, recently you recorded an episode talking about how you lost your your phone, how it got stolen. And the same thing happened to me in Canada. I can't say that I handled it as well as you. I'm still furious about the thousand dollars and I'm out. But yeah. um, I, I I really enjoyed how you were very philosophical about it and did nothing but wished well on the other. I, I think that makes you probably a bigger person than I am. You know what? And And here's the thing. I don't think it has anything to do with philosophy or... Or the fact that I want to be a bigger person, and it's really it really comes down to the fact that nobody's suffering here other than me. You know, I'm causing myself more pain. So the more I hold on to the resentment of of the person who stole my phone, the more I'm 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 basically a slave to that. And I right. want to be I want to be a free person. Life is way too short to be like sl- a slave to to other people. Right. If I if I'm a slave to everybody else's emotions, if if, if someone calls me an idiot, you know, and I get really angry and I get all like, I'm I'm a slave to them. They own me. They got to me. If I let go of it, then it's like I'm free. I'm a free person. You can't touch me. You can't do anything to me. And I I'd way much prefer to be a free person than to try to be right. You know, my ra- I have a, a, men- a spiritual mentor, my rabbi, who he once said to me, he said, Daniel, I, I was in an argument with someone. And it was pretty heavy, you know, argument. And he said, Daniel, I'm going to ask you one thing, just, just one question. What would you prefer, to be happy or right? Hmm. And that stuck with me. It really did. And every time I, I, I'm about to get into an argument with someone, Daniel, do you want to be happy or right? You could choose. I could be right, but I'm going to be freaking miserable because I could be right all the time. I promise you I can win anyone in an argument. I'm that mm-hmm. stubborn. I'm that stubborn. I will push and I'll push and I'll fight and I'll... Th- and I know a lot of people who are like, and they're miserable. I just, I want to, I, I want to be happy. I prefer to be happy. That makes sense. I, I've kind of... Um... Over recent years, I just celebrated my 20th anniversary. As a matter of fact, that's why we're in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And over the past several years, I've come up with a couple of things. Like one, don't talk to your spouse um, the way you wouldn't talk to a stranger. Because if you think about it, we can be really rude to those who are closest to us. But yet we wouldn't talk to a waiter that way. We right. wouldn't talk to a stranger that way. So try to just think about it in that manner. And the other one is 
every time I get completely so angry, I can't see straight. I try to just flip in my head. What if she's gone tomorrow? Oh God, I hate that. Oh man. Yeah. But then it just, it resets everything. It's like, yeah. Okay. Wait, how, how important is this? Do you know, it's because so I- funny you said that. It's so weird. I actually got into a fight with my wife yesterday and um, I went to sleep um, and I dreamt that she went missing. Egypt. Mm. She she went missing and I, I, I didn't know where she was. And that was like, it was a weird dream. There were like buildings crumbling and all, you know, one of those weird dreams that you're just like panicking and you don't know what's going on. And my wife is like, gone and I don't know where she is and in my head she's dead and I don't know it was like crazy and I remember waking up and then hearing her voice and I'm like oh thank god you know it's 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 crazy but it's so it's so true it is it's yeah. so tr- it resets everything now on a happy note since both of our wives are still here what yeah. do you have coming up what do I have coming up with my wife Specifically, not with your life. No, with your life, with your businesses. You're you're always into different things. I know. I think you were doing podbooker.com or something. Or yeah, with my wife, it's the fifth child is on its way. With my business, it's um, podbooker.com uh, is a pod a podcast platform for guests that want to pitch themselves to hosts and hosts that want to get great guests. Um, so I'm really excited about launching the platform um, and. Um, lately I launched the Daniel Geffen show, which is my second podcast show, mm-hmm. uh, which I think you've heard. Um, and mm-hmm. it's basically me walking around the park, talking to myself, uh, which is crazy. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I, the way that that started was that I would wake up in the morning with tons and tons of ideas. And for those of you listening to this, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a, a creative um, you'll relate to this where you're, you're just constantly thinking of, of new things, right? Um, so you go to bed at night and you've got to shut them up. You're like, shut up, shut up, leave me alone. I need to go to sleep now, you know? And they're like, but what about this idea? What about this idea? What about this idea? Shut up, I need to go to sleep, right? So then finally, finally you fall asleep somehow, right? Um, but then when you wake up, they're, they're there and they've accumulated. It's like they built up, mm-hmm. built up. So like you wake up in the morning, suddenly you bam, bam, you're like, ah. So what I did, what I, what I did was I would go to the park, like I would walk to the park and I would, I need to talk my ideas out. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very, um, I need to verbalize my ideas. It's not enough to have them swimming around in my head. I need to actually verbal, I need to hear them in order mm-hmm. to internalize them and to kind of play around with them. So, what I would do is I would walk around the park and I'd plug in my headphones into my phone and I'd hold my phone in my hand and I would talk to myself pretending that I was actually having a phone call conversation so people wouldn't mm. put me in a mental home, right? So um, so one day, um, about a month or two ago, I, uh, I had this really good conversation with myself and I'm like, wow, you know, I wish I recorded that on a podcast. <laughs> that would have been really good. And that's when the light bulb moment came off. And it's like, well, why don't you record these sessions? Uh, and then, of course, a voice came up in my head saying, uh, Daniel, are you absolutely out of your mind? Nobody's going to want to listen to you talking to yourself. Like that, that's crazy. And then I'm like, why not? Let's try this out. Let's see what happens. And so for the next couple of days, I just hit the record button. And I just spoke out whatever I was speaking for 10 minutes and I got my wife to listen to it because my wife is my guinea pig. Like any idea I have or anything that I've, if I write an article or when I wrote my book, you know, my wife, my poor wife would have to read every uh, page I wrote in my book. I'm like, honey, can you read it? And she's like, okay, fine. And she starts, I'm like, no, <laughs> out loud. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. She's like, but you wrote it. I'm like, no, I need to hear it. Right. So, so she's my guinea pig. So I'm like, I, hey, listen to these. Tell me what you think. So she listens to it and she's like, wow, this is really good. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, but it's not professional because I'm not in a studio and I'm not with a professional mic. And, you know, you can hear the lawnmower in the background, the birds, you know, singing and, you know, the wind. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. People don't care about that. They just, they just want to hear real. They, they just want, you know, the real thing. They don't care about that stuff. And sure, I said, sure. oh, right. You're so right. You know, it's so true. Well, hat tip to you. I actually stole that from both you and Harry Duran, who's a, another great interviewer. 
he did a solo episode where he was walking around in a park with a Zoom, and <laughs> it actually sounded really good, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, and I know you did this with your podcast, and I'm reaching. I'm trying to reach my audience more directly because it's interview, interview, interview. I'm trying to get feedback with questions, and you know, try to you know participate more directly myself. I'm kind of shy, and don't spend a lot of time. I'm much more comfortable with the guest where I could just talk. <laughs> so I made it a point of okay. So I walked around with a little sure microphone that I stuck in the bottom of my iPhone, and answered questions that people had for me. And talked for about half an hour. Realized I didn't hit the record button. No, and did it again for twenty two minutes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Love it. Either uh, way, I did it. And I'm like, okay, I'm officially a podcaster now. <laughs> I've done it. You know, this uh. is so this is so important because, you know, people listening to this, uh, you know, right now I'm wearing a headset. Now I'm not on a mic and I usually have a professional mic. I mean, Eric here sounds very sexy with that whole, you know, deep, <laughs> nice voice. Um, but I had my mic and we were faffing around for about 15 20 minutes and my mic just wasn't working and so we were thinking oh goodness what are we going to do and i said you know what screw it i'll just put on my headset it, this headset's like 30 bucks on amazon right and i just said let's just do it let's just put it on like who cares you know just that's what we got to do you just got to roll with it you know what you record for 30 minutes and then oh no i didn't hit the record button you know most people would just be like screw it it's a sign from god i'm not supposed to do it BS, don't blame God on everything. Just to get, you didn't hit the record button, hit it again. Go, who cares? You know, the first episode I recorded, uh, three years ago, I recorded 18 times because I, I was like so nervous. I'm like, hey, welcome to the Daniel Geffen show. Oh crap. No, it was actually, can I pick your brain? Hey, welcome to, can I pick your brain with, oh no. And I recorded it 18 sure. times and I said to myself, okay, that's it. I'm doing it one more time. I'm going to, I don't care how I sound. I'm just going to hit publish. And that's it. And you know what? Next thing I know, I'm interviewing billionaires, celebrities, New York Times bestselling authors. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And and this is this is because I just I just went for it. You just go for it. I'm I'm not special in any way shape or form. I think you're special, Daniel. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> regular regular normal guy that has all sorts of issues and ask my wife right and i just you just push forward you just try you just that's it don't you know don't take life too seriously play with it a bit be be a bit adventurous you know when we were kids we would play around and we would experiment and things were fun things were just let's try the, you know, i've got a two-year-old right now the terrible twos the guy is literally experimenting with everything i'm like no don't touch that you're gonna kill something no don't do that no don't go there he's just he's all over the place and it's wonderful it's amazing and for some reason we grow up and we stop doing we stop experimenting we stop playing with things we just get too scared and we get too oh what are they going to think of me what's she going to say what's he going to say i'm going to look like an idiot no leave it let it go just you know what's the worst that can happen they think you're an idiot okay well now that's done move on what other people (laughs) what other people think of you has nothing to do with you that's true and um with running too that that's something that has been pointed out a lot of times with people who are, are heavy and they want to start exercising or start running, et cetera. Do you look at the person who's running by your car? You don't <laughs> even notice them. They're like a telephone pole. I mean, you might go, Oh, there's a person running, but you, you don't judge them. You don't think anything of it. At most you might internalize and say, I wish I was out running right now and I wasn't trapped in traffic. Yes. But I- we, we don't really think about other people all that much. So it's a good idea to get over ourselves. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. You know, when you walk in, I told my wife this because we went to a wedding recently and she was all getting all dressed up and she was like, oh, I'm worried that I'm not going to look. I'm like, listen, first of all, you look amazing. Okay. Second of all, let me tell you a little secret. When you walk in that hall, I promise you, no one's going to care how you look. They're all going to be thinking about how they look. Mm Mm-hmm. Everybody's sitting there going, I wonder how I look. I wonder what they think, how they think I look. They're not thinking about you. They don't give a damn about you. They care about what they look like. You know, you're ever having a conversation with someone and in the middle while they're talking, you're like, 
I wonder if they I wonder if they like me. I wonder if they they think that I'm cool. You know, that, am I saying what what I'm saying? Do they agree with me? Like, they're thinking the same thing. Everybody's thinking the same. Everyone's the same. We're all built. We're all human. We all want. We all want to be. No, we all want to be liked. We all want attention. We want to be liked. That's how we are. That's 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 it's a human need. It's like just like we need to drink water and just like we need to breathe, we need to we need to get attention. Need it. Yeah, we're social. Yeah, we're social. We're social. We're social. It's, we're social it's, it's life at life itself. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, awesome. On that note, On that note, if people if want to connect with you, where can they find you? they can check out the Daniel Geffen show, which is my daily show of me talking to myself, which is uh, which, yeah, they could check that out, Daniel Geffen Show, or Can I Pick Your Brain is the podcast, the other podcast show where I interview um, successful entrepreneurs once a week. They can get a copy of my book, which is on Amazon. It's called The Self-Help Addict. And, of course, if they want to get booked on shows, then it's podbooker.com. Fabulous. And are you on Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn, anything I'm, like that? Or don't not, worry about it. I'm, I killed the bird, so I'm not on Twitter anymore. And uh, I am on Facebook and LinkedIn, uh, Daniel Geffen with one F. They could find me there. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate anyone who's still listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone. Eric here. I want to thank you again so much for listening. I know your time is valuable, so I really appreciate you taking some. If you like what you hear, please spread the word. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Unstructured P, as in podcast. Also, you can review the podcast in whichever app you use. It really helps a bunch to spread the word. Thanks again. Now, tonight's adventure into the unknown. Shut up and sit down. Sarge and Frenzy from the Sarge Approved Podcast. Uh, if you're not familiar, the Sarge Approved Podcast has a guest every episode featuring uh, people like actors, comedians, uh, survival experts, authors, martial arts experts, basically a whole gamut of badass people. Yes. And you can check out all our episodes on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, um, and yeah. you can check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. It's all at Sarge Approved. Yep. Check it out, and we hope you enjoy it. Bye. Later.